At their peak, affairs rarely lack imagination, nor do they lack desire, abundance of attention, romance, and playfulness. Shared dreams, affection, passion, and endless curiosity, all these are natural ingredients found in the adulterous plot. They are also ingredients of thriving relationships. It is no accident that many of the most erotic couples lift their marital strategies directly from the infidelity playbook. Those are words from Esther Perel. So today we are going to talk all about infidelity. Uh, Many of you have asked for a follow-up on the mini episode that I did about how to to heal from uh, us cheating. So from the role of the person who had been unfaithful. And many of you had asked for a follow-up to look at how do we heal from being cheated on, from the betrayal, from the side of the one who experienced the infidelity. So that's what we're going to explore in this episode. And the first thing that I want to just preface this conversation with is that I don't necessarily talk about how to decide whether you should stay or go. I know for many people that is part of the equation, but I'm going to approach this from the perspective that out of the steps that I'm about to lay out for you, your path to whether you should stay or go will reveal itself. This is one of the hard parts about having someone um, betray us, is that we are left with the decision of, do we stay in that relationship? Um, do we you know, try and make it work if they are wanting to do that, if they're wanting to stay and they're you know, asking for us as the person who's been betrayed to heal the relationship and work on it? And it's a very challenging decision that we are faced with in those moments. And so my approach here today is to look at how do we heal from being cheated on in a way that will reveal the answer of whether or not we want to maintain that relationship. And I I took this approach because we can often, I see a lot of people, I've worked with a number of men and women who have been cheated on, and there's oftentimes this fixation on do I stay or do I go? You know, do I work with them or do I not? You know, they're they're changing their ways or they're you know saying these things that I've always wanted to hear or maybe yada yada. And the reality is that that can dramatically diminish our capacity to heal. And it can be the block that gets in the way from us grieving the betrayal. It can be the block that gets in the way and causes us to slow down in our understanding of what has transpired and to take a really good look at what is unfolded in the relationship, what we need to attend to, and what we actually need in order to move forward, regardless of whether that's in the relationship or not. And the last thing that I'll say is that many relationships, uh, many marriages, especially after infidelity happens, um, can grow significantly stronger. So the research shows that couples that have had infidelity and work on that infidelity intentionally actually show an uh, an improvement in their communication, in their intimacy, uh, in their boundaries, in many different parts of their relationship, just in the overall quality. And this happens for a number of reasons, right? Infidelity happens for specific reasons within the relationship. So let's dive into this. So today, infidelity is probably more nuanced than it was 30 or 40 years ago. 
We have cyber affairs where people have entire relationships online with people that they've never even met. We have sexting affairs and betrayals. We have prostitution. We have workplace hookups. We have drunk nights out on the town. We have hooking up with the colleague. <laughs> we have hooking up with the next door neighbor, the babysitter, the nanny, uh, you name it. Um, but I think that online has created a, a much more intricate form of infidelity where it's easier than ever before for people to uh, find themselves in a betrayal of some form, whether they're having an emotional affair and getting something met from someone online or either they're sexting or they're, you know, DMing through a social media platform and, you know, having scandalous conversations. And so infidelity is much more nuanced than it used to be. Um, Not to say that it was ever easy in any way, shape or form, just that there are new layers and avenues in which we can experience infidelity. So just wanting to put that out there. Okay, so where do we begin? We begin step number one. And if you are going through this process, you can certainly write these down. Step number one is to build a stage for healing. So go within. Oftentimes, when betrayal happens, when infidelity happens, we want to move directly into asking questions or, you know, running away or having these sort of big actions, you know, like, fuck you, get out of my house or <laughs> I'm done with you or, you know, I never want to talk to you again or or we go into um, this sort of panicked uh, question asking where there's just sort of constant questions, this barrage of questions being asked of the other person. Why did you do this, et cetera? And so we just need to know that something sort of traumatic and dramatic has happened, right? We've we've ex- experienced a significant betrayal that has all of a sudden caused us to probably question a lot of things in our life, um, much like the, the death of a loved one or the loss of a, a secure job or company. And so we need to set the stage for healing. So go within, create time every single day intentionally to be with yourself, whether you are out in nature or journaling, whether you're meditating, But set the stage and know that it might be weeks, months um, before you feel a a sense of peace and equanimity again. And so just know that it'll take some time. So that's also a part of the stage um, is the space and the time that we require. Step number two is to understand the story, but let go of the answers. So when betrayal happens, many people want immediate answers, which can often be a cover-up for the pain they're feeling from the infidelity. Why did this happen? Why did this go wrong? What went wrong? Why or how could you even do this? How did this happen? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with you? And these types of questions um, can really be the things that we get hung up on. And those things can happen, right? That you can, we can sort of ask questions, but it really should be to understand the story of what's taken place rather than fixating on the answers of why did you do this or why did this happen? The next step, step number three, is to understand the impact on you. What has the betrayal made you question? What about yourself? What about men or women? What about love? What about relationships has come under fire? What are you now contemplating because of this infidelity, because of this betrayal? How has it shifted your perspective and your view 
on intimacy and on the sanctity of relationships. So understand the impact on you. This is incredibly important. Again, this is a huge reason why we need to set the stage for us to manage through the infidelity. Too many of us, when infidelity happens, uh, spiral out into our sort of unhealthiest of coping mechanisms, right? We we go out and party, we drink, we, you know, we do drugs, we, you know, text the ex that we know is bad for us. We sort of like move into this space of like, you know, the the like flip the table and, you know, screw it mentality. And we move into a, a space of really being destructive in some ways rather than coming from a generative understanding. And so this is the hard part, right? The hard part is to really look at the impact on yourself from this betrayal. Number four is grieve the death of. Grieve the death of. What is? What do you feel is dying away in this process? What beliefs, what dreams, what hopes, what desires are now gone, are now threatened? What part of infidelity is uh, a part of infidelity, I should say, is being able to grieve what we feel we are losing as much as it is dealing with the pain of the betrayal. And those are two separate things. We need to look at them from two separate things, okay? Not that we need to compartmentalize them, but it does help to sort of say, okay, here's the hurt from the betrayal. I feel, you know, I feel like I can't trust this person anymore. And then there's the grieving, the loss or the death of what we thought our life was going to be with this person, how we thought our relationship was actually going and grieving maybe the death of uh, a future with this person if this does mean the end of the relationship. So really allowing ourselves to come into contact with and do some writings, connecting with friends and understanding, you know, what are we actually grieving the loss of? Again, what beliefs, what dreams, what hopes, what desires what futures, what past are we grieving the death of? Step number five is to find solid support. And um, I mean, you can do this. Again, these aren't sort of like a, you know, do one and then the other. Uh, You could seek out support right in the very beginning, which, you know, can also be very helpful. But seek out solid support. So, you know, if you have um, find a coach, find a therapist, find a psychologist that is trusted and can support you through this journey. And, you know, obviously surround yourself with good friends that you know you can talk to, um, that you can go through this process with, that you can grieve with, that you can, you know, speak your your anger and frustration to. But find that support. One of the most challenging things that we can do is when we feel ashamed of the betrayal or we we feel embarrassed by it. And so we want to hold it within. We don't want people to know. We don't want to talk about it. Um, and, and again, that can significantly delay the healing process, mostly because we aren't allowing other people to witness our journey, our healing, our our processing, our grieving. And I can't emphasize this enough. We are not meant to heal in a silo. We are not meant to uh, grieve or go through these experiences in life all alone. It it's it's just not how we have 
um, evolved as a species, as individuals, as a human, as a human race. It's not what, how we are actually um, designed. We what we know scientifically and psychologically is that our grief, our pain from these types of experiences is meant to be held by the group. It's meant to be held by the by the collective. And so finding some support in your life, whether you, uh, you know, you look for a men's group or you look for um, a, a group that you can connect with or you find a good therapist or a coach or psychologist to work with this on, find that support, surround yourself with good people and, um, and have a, a few trusted people that you are, that you, you actively say, you know, I'm going to need help through this time. And I would really like to rely on you through this space because I trust you. And if you don't have those people in your life, then seek them out. Make that a priority. Number six is take a real hard look at the truth of what wasn't working in the relationship. Now, this is one of the more challenging aspects, and it should be part of the aspect that shows up later on in the processing, right? We want to be able to start to grieve we want to understand the impact on ourselves. We want to have a, a sort of a grasp on the story of what's taken place. And then we can st- start to take a look at, well, what wasn't working in the relationship? You know, was did I always know that this was coming? Is this something that, um, you know, is, is really a manifestation of, in some ways, issues that are not workable um, in the relationship? Maybe we are both, maybe we both have non-negotiables that we're ignoring. You know, maybe there's an incompatibility and start to look at not what the cause was, but what wasn't working in the relationship. Was communication broken? You know, where where, was one of you really collapsing in on boundaries and constantly pursuing the other one and, you know, being needy and clingy? Um, Was one of you shut down and avoiding intimacy and scared to sort of lean in and, and commit and this is a pattern that had shown up in past relationships. So look at what wasn't working in the relationship and look at potentially, you know, if it's a newer or even a long-term relationship, look at what was brought into the relationship. I think that's a really important second part. What did you bring in? Was this a pattern that had been going on in other relationships that has now shown up in this one? Is this a, is this a pattern that you attract? Do you continue to... Um, find yourself in relationships with people who are unfaithful and betray. Um, that's something definitely to explore. But look specifically at the truth of what wasn't working in the relationship as a cup, as an individual, and then potentially as a couple. If uh, if that feels generative for you, if that feels important for you, and depending on where the relationships at, if you have both sort of decided to stay in contact or process through this together, regardless of whether it leads to separation or not. And then finally, number seven, the last step is chart a path forward. So once we've moved through these steps, we'll have a deeper sense, a deeper understanding of why the infidelity happened relationally. We will have given ourselves time to grieve the things that that we feel like we're losing because of this betrayal. We'll understand the impact on ourselves. And we will have hopefully had some pretty transparent conversations with our partner. And throughout that process, the important part is, you know, when you communicate, 
the impact on you? Are they able to receive it? Can they hear it? Do they understand it? Not that we you know, need to force it on them or guilt them or shame them, but can they understand the impact it has had on you and, and what you've been grieving? And also, what has the impact been on them? How, what have they communicated? How have they grieved this incident? Did, were you able to, as a couple, sort of look at the relationship and understand maybe what wasn't working, what was missing, what was um, sort of faulty in the relationship to begin with that led to this outcome? And start to chart a path forward, again, whether that is uh, away from one another and separation or that's, you know, mending the relationship. And again, um, that that can involve counseling, therapy, um, you know, relationship coaches, etc. But find someone, if you're going to be working on it together, to support you through that journey and find somebody that you that you trust. And then charting the path forward is in its simplest form about letting go of outcomes, right? About rebuilding trust with the self, repairing and forgiving what has happened so that we're not carrying it forward either into our next relationship or the the sort of second iteration of this relationship. And let the path forward be one that is built on the stones of forgiveness of letting go, of understanding, of having grieved fully so that we aren't carrying such a burden or weight into the next relationship because oftentimes people who have had infidelity happen in the past in their lives carry that weight into the next relationship and there's an expectation that another partner, the future partner, is sort of responsible for tending to them so that uh, they heal through that. So we want to do the work before entering into another dynamic um, because that work is ours and it's ours alone. So thanks so much for tuning in. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with somebody that you that you know has gone through an inf- you know a, a betrayal recently. And if you found value in this, certainly share it uh, out online. Make sure you tag me at Man Talks. I'd love to see uh, what your comments are on these types of episodes. And if you want me to dive into any other specific topics, hit me up, DM me at Man Talks on Instagram. And until next week, this is Connor Beaton signing off.